So I heard a dad joke this afternoon. I don't know if you guys have heard of a dad jokes, but this was quite funny. <laughs> I hope it's funny. So it says, why did the golfer take an extra pair of socks? Anyone? Just in case he gets a hole in one. <laughs> I don't know the purpose of dad jokes, but that was funny. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Michael, did you enjoy that one? <laughs> oh, okay, let's go to Ephesians 3 verse 10. And let me just get my timer on here as well. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I'm going to read it again. His intent was that now, can you say now? Now, now at this moment, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's an awesome scripture. That's an awesome scripture. The church is who? Who's the church? Well, it's us. It's us. And God has a plan. He's always had a plan since the beginning to use us to display His glory, to display His majesty, to display Jesus to the world, and to the ruler and authorities in the invisible realms. That's the Satan, that's demons, even the angels, that they will see something beautiful of Jesus. And that's good news. Like, just that alone is, a pre, is, is just beautiful. And, and I remember when, when I was in high school, um, I became part of the UCSA. In Afrikaans, you call it the Fiercea is Fear. It's basically the youth group in school where you'll do Bible study together or you'll come together and, and preach and so forth. And, and uh, in matric, they made me the leader of the UCSA. Um, and something happened in my heart because I was going to church camps the whole, like from grade 8 to matric, I was going to church camps. And something happened in my heart. And a semi-revival broke out in school. And the Lord somehow chose to use me in it, which was beautiful. I, I, it was crazy. Like, I remember I was, I, I, I knew very little about the Bible. I, know, I knew John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And that's about it. I didn't know much. But God somehow, through that all, He, he chose to use me. And I remember we opened, I, I opened with uh, Scripture and Prayer uh, devotions the one morning in front of the whole school. And to this day, I cannot remember what I said, but I remember that afterwards, people was like, wow. They like posted statuses of something that I said, and there was a change. And it's not to boast, to boast of myself, but it just shows that even when we don't know much, if we put up our hand, God uses us. And something happened, like even I remember I was, we, we had this hockey or this room underneath the, the hall and I gathered with a bunch of people to give them like a Bible study lesson, which I didn't know much about. But guys came to me and said, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm like, that's crazy. Or people will run up and go like, I want to, I want to share this thing. Like, what, what, what can I say? Like, I remember it so vividly and it was so beautiful. But then what happened was, as, I'm, I, was, as I was the UCSA, UCSA leader, okay, let's just say the youth leader or whatever, um, 
accusations started coming at me. People started, the leaders within the group started saying stuff about me that wasn't true. It was true in my past where I messed up completely and I did a bunch of bad things I don't want to talk about. That was true back then, but my life changed and they were still spreading these lies. And I remember that in that moment I felt, shucks, these guys hate me, these guys are fake, they're not real, they just want the bulky because we, had a, we got a bulky in school, it says you're on the youth or something. Like they're just fake, these guys are fake. And I decided to step down and I hardened my heart. And everything that was beautiful just stopped and I decided to go back to my old way, started partying, started doing all these things. I, my mind was like, if you guys are going to tell these stories about me, I'm going to show you just how hard I can go in this direction. And I turned away completely. And I remember just before I went on the matric weekend, the end of matric, there was a youth worker um, and me and a buddy went to him and we just chatted to him. And I said to him, we told him everything we wanted to do on the youth, on the matric weekend away. And my hope really was that he'll tell me, don't, stop, don't do it. But I got the opposite and I'm not, here blaming him because it's my own decisions but I got the opposite and I even turned worse I decided well then I'm going to show you as well I would sit in church because we were like I was in hostel so they we were like forced to go to church so I would sit in church and I would look at all these guys saying they're Christians and I would go like you're fake you're fake you're fake and I like hardened my heart completely against church and Jesus and his people and by the grace of God, and I still cannot tell you how that happened, it's just the grace of God, it's a testimony by itself, but God came and he encountered me on my matric weekend, and I got back and I went to Bible school, I still don't know how that happened, and I was questioning my salvation, and I was questioning, I didn't know what these guys were teaching in classes, but even then, when they said to us, we're going to go, we had to do two or three services, maybe two, services on a Sunday as a, as a Bible school class, we had to serve there and so forth. And I was like, why, guys? What is church, man? It's, it's, why do you want to go to this organized thing, man? It's, it doesn't make sense to me. And I would fight these guys. Even when we became part of Josh Jane, I, they would, like, it's Andrew Selly leading Josh Jane. And my heart was so bad that I went to like, look, if I'm not going to follow this guy until I sit with him, look him in the eye, and he's going to tell me stuff that I want to hear. That's how bad my heart was against church because I got hurt. And I just started judging, and, 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 and somehow through the whole pr pr process in Bible school, the Lord started healing me of those hurts that I encountered with people. And started showing me that even Jesus, even Jesus got hurt by the church. Judas, one of his disciples, his closest disciples, betrayed him. Those who said, the Messiah is here, threw palm branches in front of him, turned around and said, crucify him. And uh, this morning while I was jogging, um, the Lord spoke to me and he, and he highlighted something. And he said to me, even as I'm preaching tonight, there's some of us here tonight that's been hurt by church. And it's not Jesus that hurt you. It might be some circumstance, something that happened. But you got hurt somehow along the way. And I feel that the Lord tonight wants to restore and he wants to heal. 
And as I'm sharing what the Lord laid on my heart to share for us tonight, I just want to put this on the side. Allow the Lord to minister to your heart as I'm speaking. If you're even sitting here and you're feeling in your heart anger or resentment or something against someone around you, even the Christians around you or somebody in another congregation or something, that you would decide to surrender. Because as we saw that the Lord wants to use this, us, the church, His bride, to portray His glory and to reach the lost, to reach those who do not know Him. And I'm just so amazed, like, I'm like, I stand in awe. This is one of my favorite things. Uh, and I, I was like reflecting on it. The thing I hated the most is the thing I love the most now. Can I just say? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, it's crazy that Jesus would use a sinner like me, a guy who messed up so many times and still messes up a lot of times. Someone like Anton. <laughs> Or Michael, my wife, Rachel. You know, it's, it's, it's all of us that God would choose to use each person sitting here for His glory, to play a part in His plan. He restored me. He saved me. He brought me from darkness into life, into light. And now He wants to use us. And I'm not saying we, we, we are still filthy. He, he, he cleaned us. He washed us clean. But he wants to use us. And that's the beauty of it all. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. It says this. this is green. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness... How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light. Sorry. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I don't know if you guys drove like it's like dark at night. You drive on the highway. There's nothing around you. And then suddenly you start seeing lights far away. And, it's, and you go like, okay, I'm close to the town. I'm close to the city. That's what he's saying. You're like a city on the hill. People will see you from afar, even if it's dark. When, this, when the light is on, people will see you. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise the Father in heaven. Now, when you get saved, God takes you. When you surrender your life to Christ and God opens your eyes, He saves you and He takes you from darkness into light. He's saying you are a light in this world. It's not Francois that shines the light. It's Christ in me that shines the light. Through me, when He comes and He, and he, and he, and he comes, lives in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. When he comes and he lives in me, it's Christ's light that shines through me. I don't know if you guys like seen when people always tell these testimonies um, where they say, you know, I was in the world, I was doing all these bad things and these friends I was hanging out with. And then one day 
I went to church and I surrendered my life to Jesus and I went back to my friends and they were like, dude, what is, what, well, you're different. What's going on? Suddenly he doesn't want to do these things anymore. Who's had, who's had that, that, that thing ever? Thank you, Paulus. Like the, you, you, you guys as well. <laughs> it's amazing. Like when I hear these testimonies where like not even the friends, the friends looks at them and they go like, something is different. That's the light shining through you. It's Jesus that changed your life. And there's a light suddenly shining. And those who don't know Jesus, who's in darkness, they go like, they see that light. They go like, there's something, bro. There's something here. And it's Jesus shining that light through you. And so if you're taking notes, the title of my preach is, uh, is A Lighthouse on a Hill. A lighthouse on a hill. And I know the scripture said a city on a hill, but I'm going to tell you why I called it a lighthouse on a hill. About five, four to five years ago, I think. Funko, you must correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, Mervis came, yeah, about four or five, yeah. Mervis came, uh, Mervis came to town. And um, he met with the, a bunch of leaders and, and worship guys. And he sat with us. And one of the questions was, what, is, what does God want to do through Mossel Bay? Josh Jen, what does he want to do through us? And Monet went like, hey guys, let's ask, let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Holy Spirit, what does he want to do through us as Josh Jen Mossel Bay? And um, many words came out that said that this church would be like a lighthouse to those in Mossel Bay and the surrounding areas, will be like a lighthouse. And uh, if you look at the back there, there's a lighthouse actually on the wall, which is beautiful, made by Jared Con. <laughs> yes, beautiful. But that's a remembrance of the word that God has spoken over us. And so Irina gave me like a bunch of papers that people, what they did while they were asking the Lord what he wants to do. They drew and they, they, they wrote down all the prophetic words. And she gave it to me. It's like a bunch of scrolls. It's like papers she rolled up. And I was sitting in my room and I was going through it. And like it was like six or seven words, papers that said, Lord wants to use us as a lighthouse to reach the lost, a lighthouse to reach the hurt, a lighthouse to reach out to those around us. God wants to shine his light through this church. And which is very interesting is this church is actually built uh, on this first or second highest uh, position in Mossel Bay. I think it's the first, it's the, it's the highest position in Mossel Bay. And it's so beautiful because it's so prophetic that we are a lighthouse on a hill for those that is in darkness. Hey, Altus. And, so, and, and, and so what God wants to do is he wants to use each and every one of us as we shine our light, as we go out there and, and we walk in the darkness and people see that there's something different in us. He wants to use us individually, but he also wants to use us together. Because what happens if you put a bunch of lights together? Like enemy city. I don't have the English word, a scap. Hey? Sharp. Is it sharp the right word? L bright. There we go. My Afrikaans, my English is failing me. It's <laughs> sharp. It's not sharp. It's bright. And people can see it from afar. 
And so let's look at what is a lighthouse exactly. I gave some pictures there for Jody. You can just let him run through. That's actually the one in Mossel Bay. Beautiful picture. So what is a lighthouse? Well, simply put, it's this. It's a tower with a bright light. <laughs> That's the simple translation of a, of a lighthouse. But it's used to warn ships. When ships go on in the ocean, they can either see a light telling them you are close to land, close to rocks, or there's actually some of the lighthouses actually has like a red um, line around it, or a, even a black one. And that's actually to, to, to warn ships throughout the day that when they come, hey, there's, there's land nearby, so that they can see it from afar. It helps boats to know where they are when they're lost. It helps the boats in navigation. And it's a place of safety. When the, when, the, when, the, when the boat is broken down and they see a lighthouse or they're in trouble, they'll start feeling safe because they'll know they're close to land. All right? And in the dark and in the fog, that is when the, light when the light helps the most. Because in fog, you can't see. You can't see much in front of you. In the dark, you can't see at all unless there's a light guiding you towards some place. So it's a safe place for boats as well. Now, the whole purpose of a lighthouse is, yes, I said there's a line around it, but the whole purpose of it is to shine its light. All right, you guys agree with me? It's to shine the light. Now, I want to say this. If we are called to shine our lights, if, we shine no li if, if there's no light in a lighthouse, it's pretty much useless. And so for us as well, you know, if we're not plugged into the source, not plugged into Jesus, don't spend time with Jesus and that light doesn't shine, then... It's like, this, the, 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 like Jesus said in the scripture, there's no use you put a bucket over it to cover it. The whole purpose of it is to shine. And our whole purpose is this, to shine to unbelievers, to see us, to know that there's something different. There's good news when they look at you. There's, some, there's good news that Michael can tell them when they're hurt or broken or far away. There's good news that Anton can tell them. There's good news that, that um, Vainan can tell them when they see, when you shine your light. Because what I've seen is like, even in my life, I remember in school, you know, I would go on these youth camps and I would be excited for Jesus and I'll come back and I'll feel like, yo, I just want to fit in as well. I don't want to be this weird guy. But you're supposed to stand out. If you don't stand out, You're supposed to stand out. You're supposed to look different than the rest of the world. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to bash anyone, but I saw this very interesting thing on YouTube the other day, um, and this whole the, the guy said, you know, that the, the, his model for church is, you know, to look a little bit like something that will get people in their doors, like. Like, to make it relevant. And there's, there's a little bit to it, but they'll play like, they'll start off the service with, with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or uh, that Star, was Star, is, Star is Born song, uh, Shallow, or they'll start like with all these interesting and it's lights and it's cameras and it's actions. It's like, I was looking at this video and I was like, goodness, <laughs> this is very interesting. Now, it can work. But, you know, sometimes we want to become so relevant that when the world looks at us, they don't see a difference. 
You, know, you don't want to go to a bar and, and you know, I want to reach the lost in the bar and you're just hoying some pints there and swearing next to it because I want to reach the guy for Jesus. No. You know, when people saw Jesus, although he was an ordinary looking man, he was not that guy with the halo that you see in some books. He was an ordinary looking man, but people were drawn onto him. It's crazy. Like they were drawn onto him. And so it's a good question for us, you know, when we are amongst unbelievers or when we are out there, when we are with friends, when we're at work, are people drawn to us? Do they see a difference or are we coming down and trying to be like the rest of the world? Because I really believe this, that Jesus called us to, to be separate, to be set apart. That's holy. He called us to be holy, set apart for his purposes, to shine our lights in this broken world. Because that's what the world needs. You know, as I work, and I work with many people, I'm a sales rep, and I get to meet a lot of people. And uh, when I, some people, I I get to them, and it's like, just the guy's just complaining about life and how difficult it is. And I understand it, because I, sometimes, some days, I don't have the best, I don't wake up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) I sleep on the left side. (laughs) But I, so some, some days I don't, I, I, don't, I don't wake up and I feel good. And I understand it. And sometimes we have, we had this weekend. It's like Jamie is sick and we go sit in the, ho- in the what's it, the hospital or in the doctor's room for an hour. And then we go to spa and it's chaos there. And we want to get medicine and my wife leaves a phone in the car and it's raining and I don't get parking. And I'm like, ah, where's the fruit of the spirit? Patience, peace, you know. And um and you, don't, you have those days. I, I, don't, I don't discredit it, but I see as I work with people that people are broken. You know, just my neighbor, his wife passed away the other day, and he's like, I think he's like trying to pick up the parts again, trying to, he's this old guy, and, he, and they've been married for so long, and, it's, and it hurts. And there's people with questions out there. There's people that's asking questions, but why did God allow this? Why this? There's broken people out there. I see it every day. Like this COVID, like even in this COVID, we lose, we can lose focus so quick. And look at, should we take the vaccine vaccine, or should we not take the vaccine? And I watched a video yesterday of people protesting and and it's like, it's me against you. It's it's us against them. And it's, oh, goodness, it's, it's crazy out there. And I'm not, protesting for one of the two. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is sometimes we lose focus so easily of what Jesus has called us to. So easily in this time. You can ask yourself, have I lost focus? Or am I living my, am I shining my light when somebody's downcasted? And you're like, bro, there's hope. I love our Wilmeray. He's like fighting cancer and he's in the hospital lying on the bed uh, and, and I mean, he doesn't, we saw him and he doesn't feel well and he needs to sit a lot and he's going through this whole thing. And there's a lady next to him crying, also fighting cancer, don't know if she's going to live or die. And Wilma Ray actually goes to her and he says, you know what, there's hope. I know a guy. <laughs> His name is Jesus. And Jesus promises us everlasting life. No, we don't just live for now, we live for eternity, there's something in eternity where, we will be, where there will be peace, love, joy. We'll be in Jesus' presence the whole time. And the world needs to hear this message. 
And where will it come from if it doesn't come from us? Where will it come from if we, we stay silent? We need to shine our lights in this dark world, in this time where there's so many troubles and confusion. You know what's the best remedy for confusion? Is the truth. Bible says the truth shall set you free. We are supposed to carry the truth to the people. And I think I, I ran a, just going to go through this quickly. When we look at a lighthouse, when we look at this church, and the Lord has called this church to be a lighthouse, what does it mean for us? Well, one, it means that this is a place of safety. A place where people can come in when they need rest. When they feel burdensome. They can come in here, they're welcomed. It's a place where healing happens. When they're broken hearted. And you feel you can't go on or something is wrong and you need healing. And you want to go to all, to Google to search for how can I fix this in my life. This is the place they need to come and feel. I can get healing here because these guys have the answer. A place where restoration takes place. Restoration between families, relationships, friends. Restoration if they had churchhood and they don't want to go back and they come in here and they go like, I don't know if I'm going to get hurt again. Restoration, God wants to restore. It's a place where restoration takes place, where broken people come, can come in. I just want to say this prophetically to our youth. Who's youth here? Who's all the guys under 18? Let's say no, under 21. <laughs> These guys that makes the, the, the woo throughout the yeah. service, yes. I want, to, I want to say this, and I felt this a few months ago already. God wants to bring revival into the schools. He wants to bring revival amongst you guys. And all he's looking for is a God, here I am, use me. Send me, Lord. And it's beautiful because I see, just this last three Sundays, I've seen these guys huddle up here and get excited about church worshiping. And I see that and I go like, the Lord's doing something. Even in Hartenbos when we went to go lead worship there. God's going to use you guys to reach those that is lost. Friends that you have not, that's, that's lost, that's not, that doesn't know Jesus. He wants to use you to impact them. And I love what Wade and Annie and Michael are doing. And they, they're, they're actually very intentional about going out to the people that doesn't come to church. And they want to grab them. They want to give out food and all these things to say, hey, do you know, what's the other, um, that Stephen and them, can we talk about Jesus? I love that. You know, the guys are actively going out. And the Lord wants to use your passion. He wants to use your excitement. And you don't have to know everything. Just be ready to be used. Just be His hands and feet. I really feel this for the youth. The Lord wants to stir you guys up to reach those. But the one thing I want to tell you is don't, shine, don't stop shining your light. And the purpose of shining your light is this, that Jesus is glorified. And so if you ever, if you give a guy a cup of water or you give him encouragement or you give him a prophetic word, 
The point is to point them to Jesus and tell them there's hope. There's hope for them. I'm going to end off with this. See, I'm getting my time over there. Two things. It's there to warn ships. Psalm 119, 119 verse 105. It says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. We need to know the word of God. We need to get into the word, get into the Bible. We need to get a passion for his word, a passion for the truth. So we can tell the truth to the rest of the world. Can we warn people? There's so much like stuff floating around there. Bunch of lies. And the only way we can know that is if we tell them the truth. I've heard, uh, I've heard this many times with a guy where they say, how do you know the difference between a real, let's say, dollar <laughs> and a fake one? For the bank, for the guys working in the bank, what they would do is they would work with the real one so much and, and see and look at it and feel it and go through it and study it that when a fake one comes, they know. They don't study the fake one first. They study the real one. And so we don't always have to go to this conspiracy and this thing and this thing. Just get into the Word of God. And, and if, it, if you're confused and you don't know what, yes, I don't understand this, go to a leader. Go to your community leader or to an elder or a deacon or go to a friend. Ask them, just help me with this. And let's encourage one another in the truth and get into the Word. It's so important so we can warn the people if, there's, if, if, if they're being led astray by fake stuff. And then help in navigation. You know, one thing that's been spoken over this church is this. We will be a base church. You know, I saw in the prophetic words as I was reading through them, many people said people that's hurt or that's got like a massive gifting or calling on their lives or people that, that, that's lost and has a massive calling on life, they will come into this church and we will point them and help them through the process and equip them in their gifting so we can send them again. And we look at Atembos, we look at George that was planted out of us. And we send a lot of people, but hey, we grow again. Look how much we've grown. And so this is cool. we're called to be a base church. We're here to equip one another. If you don't know what your gifting is, come, ask. Let's pray for you. Let's walk this journey with you. I love how Deneo was, Deneo came, came to me last Sunday. And she's like, I don't know what my gifting is. And because I was a communi community leader for a while, I said, well, it's easy. It's these three things. She's like, yeah. And she's actually stepping out. She's, that girl can sing. So she's stepping out. And she's going to climb on stage very soon and sing, worship with us, be part of the team. But if you don't know what you're gifting, ask. Ask the Lord. Pray about it. We're here to equip people. Help people walk in their callings and their giftings and send people from here to plant churches. We're not here to grow a mega church. <laughs> We're here to send and plant. There's so many churches that we need to see still being planted. And you can be, you can be one of those guys planting a church or be part of a church plant and see God move. We're here to help in navigation. We're a base church. We're a base church. Not going to go to that scripture, but Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, you can go lead that, read that. It says, just the beginning, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
and it goes on. But I want to say this. I want to make this one point. We need to be a spirit-filled church. People filled with the Holy Spirit. People led by the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul writes and he says there's been given gifts of prophecy, tongues, encouragement. There's, there's gifts. The Lord wants, he's like, he's a good father. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. He's a good father. He wants to give us gifts, to equip us so we can serve one another. You know, it's, it's so beautiful. We want to, the Lord wants us to be a spiritful church, to be led by his spirit. Are we spiritful? Are you spiritful? I wanted to say, is you spiritful? Are you spiritful? <laughs> Spirit of the Lord is on me. And that was a prophecy about Jesus, but I really feel, and I know that's what Jesus called us to. You can go read that. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this. I really feel, and I've been, it's been stirred among us. I've heard many prophetic words come out. I've heard the prophetic words come out of the elders' meeting. Um, that the Lord wants to start bringing a revival in Mossel Bay. There's a revival. I, I've, I've never been, I remember the guys were praying back in the day. I remember the guys were praying for revival, and I could never understand you know, I wasn't too excited about it, but the Lord started stirring me. He's, he does want to, He wants to do something. He wants to use us. And you know, the, the beautiful thing about revival is, if you look at all the revivals in, the, in history, many of them started in prayer meetings. I'm not saying it needs to start in prayer meetings. Many started in prayer meetings. And I love how we started practicing our, our prayer muscle a little bit, you know? When I looked at as I was praying together last Wednesday, it was so beautiful as everyone just, because what's the purpose of prayer? It's, it's to communicate with God, but also to say, Lord, I can't. I can't change this, but you can. I need you. I need you. And the whole point of revival is this, to bring in the lost so that they can meet Jesus. And so what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, I'm looking at those doors, and when those doors are ready, I'm seeing people coming in through those doors, lost people that's been hurt, or people that does not know Jesus, that's really, has no church, he doesn't know about Bible, he just heard about Jesus, coming through here looking for answers. Are we ready? I believe we are. I see people in front of me that's equipped, ready to serve those people, to love them, to pray for them, Teach them. Encourage them. I heard a story about um, a, a revival that took place in, in one, one town. And um, I said it was so crazy. The lost came in. People came in that knew nothing about church or Jesus. And they heard about Jesus. They gave their life. They surrendered their life to him. And the pastor said, well, you have to get baptized. And they decided one service to baptize a lot of them. And as they wanted to baptize the guy, he asked the question, so why do you want to get baptized? To make a public declaration. And they say, like these guys, the one guy went, Jesus is better than sex. And they would baptize them. Jesus is better than money. And they would baptize them. Jesus is better than drugs. And they would baptize them. 
Because these guys, all they know is this, they know all these things and they have never heard of Jesus. And for them, this is like, they've seen something of Jesus and they go like, he's so much better than all these things that I thought would give me life. He's so much better. And they, they didn't have the lingo and say all the right words, but they said what was in their hearts. They said what they saw, there's life here. There's life in Jesus. They saw the light. They saw the church. They saw the people. And they said there's life in them. There's life in Jesus. Because the church decided to shine the light and not back away. Because Jesus is better than anything in this world that we can, that can offer you. Success, a promotion, money, a relationship even. <laughs> and it's good, but Jesus is better. And my heart is this. My heart is burning currently. That we will see the lost come through the doors. Because we, did not, we decided to not dim our lights. We decided that we will show, we will walk by the Spirit and point people to Jesus. And I love it. They, say, they always say, you know, before a person dies, what he tells you on his deathbed is probably the most important thing for him. And although Jesus, he died and he rose again and he went to heaven, the last thing that he said was, go out, make disciples of all nations. Jesus chose to use us. Jesus chose to use this church. Josh Jen Mossel Bay. Let's start here. Josh Jen Mossel Bay. To go out, reach the lost, bring them in, and love them. Love them like the Father loves us. Isaiah 6, 1 verse 8 says this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. So Lord, I thank you that you have called us. I thank you that each person here, that you have destined them, Lord. You've predestined them to sit here tonight and hear this word, Lord, and to shine their light as they walk out of these doors, to reach the lost, to love those that is broken, to love those who's confused, to love those that's in darkness. And my prayer is, Lord, my prayer is that we will not back away, that we will not dim our lights, but that we will shine bright, God. We will shine bright for you. As we sit with you throughout the day, spend time with you, and you mold our hearts, 
and we see more of you. And our lights become brighter. May it be, Lord. May we be that church, the lighthouse on the hill that people are drawn to. Not because of a building, but because of you in us, God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory.